mixtape queens. Welcome, queen. Welcome. Hey, <laughs> what's up? How are you? <laughs> Jewel the Gem is here. Yes. Everybody. Everybody. We've been waiting. This is so. a superstar. Yes, yes. Okay. superstar. Oh, so, this is a big deal for us. Yeah, we've been waiting for this. I don't know her, but I'm I'm like really excited to see Whatever. You, so. I knew you was coming over here. I knew you was coming on with rainbows. I knew <laughs> somewhere on you was gonna be rainbows. Yeah. And I was looking forward to that. Yes. So yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so uh we're so happy to have you here and get to see you. Um, we have probably so many things we can talk about, right? But we're we're still getting to know you, and we mm -hmm. want to find out more. We've seen your music videos. You know, I was watching the Ratchet Revolution, Love it. and and uh, you know, popped out, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, tell us more about you. Where where do you come from, and yeah. and how did you know? Let's start there and we'll yeah. work our way up. <laughs> you know, I always say, you know, for me, who I am is rooted in my ancestors. You know, I am my ancestors' greatest manifestation. Both my parents are Haitian. So I grew up in a Haitian household. My grandmother was Jamaican, but was raised in Haiti. So she definitely like reps both. But I think that like largely of who I am is very much rooted in that lineage and just really what I do is to make them proud. Um, so that's largely who I am. Outside of that, um, I'm a Brooklyn baddie. I'm from Brooklyn, East New York, specifically pre-gentrified Brooklyn, very that. Um, very ratchet, very queer, very radical. Um, and I really embrace the word ratchet. I think that there's a lot of terms that are used to demonize and villainize and just just put Black femmes specifically and Black women, Black girls in a really negative light. And so for me, I'm like, oh, if ratchet means I'm loud, yeah. If that means I'm colorful, yeah. By like big hoops, I don't got hoops on today, but she says big, big enough earring, yeah. Long nails, yeah. Like if it's all of those things, then that is what I am. Um, And so it's not a reclamation. I'm not like, you know, people like hot girl summer and they were like healing girl summer. I'm like, no, I'm ratchet in the same ways that you think. Um, and I'm multifaceted as well, right? So I do have a degree, does not mean that that makes me better than anybody. I'm just saying that I have a lot of debt from that. But that also just means that you can be many things, you know? And I think that like Ratchet is a part of my identity that I hold deeply and I'm smart and I'm creative and I'm spiritual and I'm many things. Um, so that's me. I'm a Virgo. Period. Oh, and there it is. <laughs> And there it is. <laughs> you know, queer people, we can't talk without a zodiac sign. I'm a Virgo sun. Virgo sun. Okay, Taurus. I'm a Taurus moon. Me too, but I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. okay, my mom, I was raised by a Sagittarius, so. There you go. Everybody's a Virgo. My grandma's mom, <laughs> my, my favorite singer, my favorite rappers, my dog, my literally, cat is literally. a Virgo also. Oh, your cat? <laughs> Everyone. Except for me. Except for you. All yeah. my best friends. Well, her her dad and her mom are Leos, and they made a Taurus, which is okay. enough said. So you do you understand that? what that means? I do. I oh, do. Okay, <laughs> that has been a very interesting household. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. 
pretty good about it. Yeah. 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 So, so, so tell us more. Uh, how did you get started making music mm-hmm. and how long ago was it? Yes. So it's so interesting. When I came to Atlanta, I moved during the pandemic. It was the perfect time to move and just because, you know, things were remote anyway. And um, I moved December 2020 and I got a reading. I'm a spiritual girl. My spiritual advisor gave me a reading and she was like, you need to go to Atlanta. Within a month, you're going to be on a show. And I was like, child, what? Now, during the pandemic, let me back up a little bit more. During the pandemic, one of my grandmothers who raised me, so both my grandmothers passed within six days of each other in April 2020. And I had got a reading right after they passed. And they were like, your grandmothers want you to be the celebrity. They want you to like, they see you on a mic in front of people. And I'm like, on a mic? Like, am I doing activism? Because that's my that's my jam. Like, am I facilitating? That's my jam. And they were like, no, we see you singing or rapping or whatever. I'm like, eh. So now we go to December 2020, right? That was April. And they're very much like, Atlanta, you're going to be on the show. So I'm just sitting here like, all right, following the path. I go to Atlanta. Don't know nobody. Don't know what I'm going to do. Literally, I'm on the show within a month. And while I'm on the show, I meet one of my cast members who's now a really good friend. And he was like, you're from New York and just your whole vibe, you rap. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And kind of find out, I rap. Like, I really do rap. Like... (laughs) So one of the cast members, not that one, but another one was like, yo, I think you really should try it. He had a song and he was like, hey, I would love you to hop on it. I hopped on it and I sounded good. I I went in the studio and I just came alive in a very particular way. And that's when I was like, oh, I see what I did there. I see what I did there. And I think that to me is trusting your path, even though you're like, what you mean? I, I have a degree in education. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where did this? I was a preschool teacher back like a decade ago. Like what just happened? <laughs> so it was a divine calling that ancestors knew before I did. And people saw something in me that I didn't see in me. And I fully embrace it. I love it. So the first feature was July, 2021. And we're about to be in July, 2023. So it's about two years. And now I have an album and singles and music video and like traveling and performing and it's been super dope. So that's how I got here. <laughs> that's that's shocking that's because so cool. you really did that. And it's not yeah. easy to just make an album. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. But clearly you're a genius. Yep. And, and you're more than that. You're an activist, right? Yeah. And you're 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 coaching people, you're leading people and powerhouse. Okay. Yes. And then you are making your ancestors proud. Absolutely. Every step you take is another door open that they wanted you to walk through. So absolutely, I believe that purely. So when you said you got a reading and then it happened, I'm like, mm, been there before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. Amanda I know. does reading. Like yeah. I don't, mm. I purely base my, my faith upon knowing that there is something that we don't see with our eyes here. But I feel spiritually, I truly feel my ancestors through that, you know, and once they showed themselves to me after I started, like, really understanding what an altar was and why it's needed, why you need to do your research and find out who these different ancestors are um, and really just uplift them because though they are physically gone, they are still very much here. 
and they are very much loud. I don't know if people really catch on to that. They are loud very. and they will, they will make things. They'll make a way for you. Mm-hmm. If you say, I want this and this is what I want to do and I'm ready for something different, they'll open that door. You just have to be willing to do the work and walk through it. That's, That's it, it, right? Because mm-hmm. people think that it's like prayer or like manifestation, you know, you got to do the work behind it. And mm-hmm. I think that for me, getting those readings and getting that spiritual guidance, it kind of gave me like, if people know like tarot, that fool card is like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere, but I trust in the path. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I was, I'm, I'm a Virgo, so if I wasn't good at it, I wouldn't do it. But it was how I felt when I started to do it. And I was like, ooh, rap is an extension of things that I already do feel confident in, you know? Um, you know, I was writing poetry since I was in elementary school and that's what rap is, you know? Um, I've always been an activist ever since I was in elementary school. And I think, you know, creating an album like Ratchet Revolution, that's activism. You know, when you have songs on there talking about advocacy for black trans femmes, that's activism mm-hmm. to a beat. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes yeah, and, you know, okay. and the other song yeah. was called uh knee on your neck or yeah what was that one called yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that song i don't people don't talk about that they don't talk about the first song on the album and the last song on the album the first song the on first the song was my favorite you see blood, the, blood uh bloodshot bloodshot yeah. yep. Yes. yep that was my favorite so, To me, those were the hardest songs to write, the hardest songs to perform. The first song, you know, when you open up an album and you talk about domestic violence, people are like, whoa. So I have not received any feedback, really, outside of like close friends that were like, ooh, that's dope. I'm like, lyrically? I'm like, that, like, come on. Like, you got to listen to that. And then the last part, you know, with me to the neck, you know, it gives, you know, like for me, when I, when I think about like a good, but the police record, we think about NWA, but NWA was extremely problematic. And what they were talking about in that song is a little different what I'm talking about. Cause I'm not talking about necessarily like, let's hurt police officers. I'm just talking about, Hey, the system is corrupt. Let's not amplify police officers, even if they're black, because like the Mm -hmm. system is rooted in white supremacy and slave patrols. Um, so it's not like, oh, let's hurt them. Right. But it is very much like I got something to say. And it's not just black cis men who are dying by the hands of police. It's children. It's trans people, you know. Um, and so there's a lot there. And, and I think that's the revolution part because people love a good ratchet, which I do. But for me, I'm like that album really speaks to a body of work of where I'm like, I identify as a conscious rapper and a ratchet rapper. And I used to think that you could only be both. I mean, you couldn't be both, right? Because it's like conscious music is like the common and like the Erica Badu, you know, and maybe they don't say bitch or maybe they don't say, you know, whatever. But for me, I'm like, well, I want to say that. That's empowering for me. I want to, you know, I don't want to cater to respectability politics. Like I want to do the long nails. I want to be ratchet. I want to be queen and I want to be baddie, you know? Like, And I think that oftentimes you have to choose um, and the last part that I'll say, you know, because I know I'm chatting because we have a good time is what was really important for me, too, for the album to be very queer. Um, I think that, like, you know, nowadays, like when I watch interviews or, or or listen to music, it's like you have a couple of people, a couple of girls in the rap game and they'll talk about like their experience being bi or but the, it's limited to a sexual experience. It's not necessarily being in a relationship, um, which is very different than just having a sexual yes. experience someone of the same gender and for me it was very important to talk about my relationship and to talk about what I've been through and I'm like okay love is blind right Eve talked about 
her friend going through domestic violence, but I'm like, ooh, for me to talk about bloodshot me to be at the hands of domestic violence from a black woman is important, right? So just really making sure that it's a body of work that I can look back on and say, yeah, that was that was a time that I was really talking my stuff. Yes, that's like, so yeah. powerful and important because you know anyone anyone can rap but what are you really saying and and what are you really helping people to understand Mm -hmm. there's young people listening Mm -hmm. and you know amanda loves a a lot of different music and so do i but we really are very specific about what we will accept yeah and and we're very proud to see that with you queen because Mm -hmm. you're so beautiful and you're so powerful and and you're bringing light to both sides you're 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 being so creative with it and I mean you can rap I mean I told you earlier that you remind me of Shauna Mm -hmm. and Shauna is not one to be fucked with okay okay? and and she's she's bad so I'm just I'm saying like you you really did that for not Mm -hmm. even being like I thought you were gonna say well I started rapping in fifth grade and (laughs) she's Uh, like I just started yeah you said the ancestors called you and I mean our ancestors are sitting right up here on their altar so you know we understand and and that's that's the that's what I love about queens is because we're in touch with our intuition Mm -hmm. yeah and and most of us who are able to tap into that yeah well I mean it's not that hard for women most women that really want to push themselves Mm -hmm. and are creatives we feel our ancestors whether we know it or not they walk through us yeah to the to the door they want us to walk through mm-hmm. and if it's not in alignment with that child good luck exactly it's the divine feminine energy you know and people are, you know like that can you know which should if you're on your enlightenment journey of being your highest self that should exist within people across any gender the divine feminine mm-hmm. and the divine masculine but i think that that whole woman's intuition to me, I'm like, gender is one thing, but like, that's feminine energy, which once again, we should all be embracing. So we were interrupted by the storm mm-hmm. and unfortunately your power went out and here we are, we're back yes. picking up where we left off. So, okay. <laughs> so we kind of left off on the divine feminine and how everybody has that within themselves and how we should all be embodying that and embracing that because that's where you'll start to see the shift in the world, you know, mm-hmm. because it's everybody that's here. It's not just women or gay men. Like everybody has the divine feminine. Exactly. And I think that that there's something about that that feels really liberating. Right. Because if because for me, even though I identify as a cisgender person, I don't think in the binary. I don't think that that's where the liberation is. I think that when we think about the duality and I wouldn't even say duality because duality is two. So I'm like the multiple like the multiple layers of the different energies that live inside of us. To me, I'm like, ooh, just because I'm a black woman doesn't mean that I don't have the divine masculine in me. That's kind of exciting. I'm like. I get to embrace multiple parts and energies. I'm mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. 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 That's cool to tap into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, okay. So tell us more about what you're doing. We know you rap, mm-hmm. you do, uh, you're, you're a leader, you're training people mm-hmm. on racism, you said, and yeah. you do many things from mm-hmm. what I've heard. Tell us more about what you're doing currently. Yeah. 
So I, I'm an educator at heart. I've always been, I think that like, for me, I've always loved school. I was the type of child that if I wasn't feeling well, my mom was like, you can't go to school. I'm having a full on breakdown. I'm like trying to convince her that like, I should still be able to go to school. I hate missing school because I love to learn. And I realized that it wasn't only a love to learn. I also really love to learn and share what I've learned. So I was always a tutor, you know, and then going to school to be an educator really was dope too. Cause I'm like, oh, once again, still continuing that love of knowledge and sharing the knowledge. And so when I think about how I still make music, right? Obviously that's that's a passion. What's always gonna be at the heart is being an educator. So on the side, I would guess, cause I would say my main piece is entertainment and activism. Um, and education allows for me to bring both because I think that the way that I facilitate feels very like you're watching a talk, like it gives very entertainment still because I still have that personality, but it still makes you like, oh, wait a minute, she's saying some real stuff. Like I might drop some statistics. I might do this. I use multiple forms of media. I use music within my facilitation. So if someone does a training with me, I'm doing, we're talking about strange fruit. You know, we're talking about Billie Holiday. Like we're, we're using media from a while ago. We're talking about blackface and, and why and how anti-Blackness has existed within media. So the educator part of me gets to really shine as I have those trainings. Um, so yeah, I do the anti-racism trainings. I do the DEI trainings, which is difficult to do because they are not very radical. And I try my best to radicalize that space, but a lot of times people aren't really willing to do the work, not everybody, but that educator piece is definitely one of the main things that I do as well. Aww, I think that's so dope. Like to be an educator, first of all, to show people that you can go for your dreams, but not just go for your dreams. You don't have to feel like you're leaving anything behind. Like you can really help people just with showing them and taking the time to educate people that might not know something. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 60, 80, or 12. Yeah. You can always learn something new and be educated yes. and share your knowledge with others. Absolutely. You'll be surprised how many people in this country don't know, like, the story, the construction of race, don't know what racism mm -hmm. is. They think it's just simply, like, white people don't like Black people. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's deeper than that. You know, people don't know the history of policing. So I enjoy being able to bring that knowledge to people. And But the number one reason why I do it is so that because for me, I like to curate exclusive Black spaces. That's one of the things that when I was featured on, BET did like a Black queer excellence um, thing in 2020, where each month, each day for February, they had a Black queer person that was represented. I was February 13th, which just so happens to be Black Love Day. So it was very cute. Um, and so, you know, when I think about that and that type of work, like curating a Ratchet Realm, which was the party space that I had in New York monthly, it was like thinking about how that ties to what the work I'm doing now, where even though I'm not just teaching Black people, because oftentimes Black people have an understanding of this, right? Even if they don't have the, the, the language and terminology, they still have a lived experience. But it's making it so that if I am training an organization about how not to be racist, I'm essentially creating an environment for Black people to thrive. So I realize that I can still center Black people, even if white people are in the room <laughs> or white people are in the Zoom, you know? Um, and that's been exciting for me because I've had, they, they do direct 
chat me on a Zoom and be like, thank you so much for saying that. I've been wanting to tell my coworkers that those microaggressions around my hair is rooted in racism. Thank you so much for affirming that for me. So, you know, being in those spaces can be violent. I've, def I've definitely, in a whole training in 2020 was called Colored um, by a white man in 2020. Um, but at the same time, there's this layer where Black people get a chance to see someone Black come in and represent them and bring facts and bring stories and affirm their lived experience, you know, in the space and getting the organizations to move towards liberation. So even though I'm like, the anti-racism work, the DNI work is not enough. I think that there's something about doing it that makes sure that Black people have a good space. That's why I do it. That's important. I feel like that should be mandatory, like in schools and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, if you start the education young, they're going to know by the time they get older. Yeah. I, not to do certain things, not to react certain ways. And that's for people on all sides. You Absolutely. know, uh, it's just a better understanding. And I think that's what everybody's reaching for anyways. Mm -hmm. Just some understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting. Yeah. Because a lot of times people are like, especially when I was exclusively doing Black spaces, they were just like, well, that's racist. I'm like, well, Black people can't be racist. But two, a lot of people didn't know that I also am like, well, when I'm curating spaces of fun and joy and healing, that's okay for me to be able to say this is an exclusively Black space because what they didn't know is that I was spending hours educating everybody, you know? And, and so for me, when I bring it to entertainment, I get to, I have the right to center who I want. But a lot of the times people weren't really like asking me what I do outside of that. You know, I'm like, oh, don't get it. Don't get it. I do the work fully, holistically, kind of like on and off, you know, like it's kind of like the people who don't always, you know, like I don't post about all the trainings that I do. You know, I don't post about all of that. But I'm like, if you ask, know that the work is being done. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Right. It's energy work. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not nine to five. It's not, you know, it's. Even with how I show up in community, you know, my best way to go about that is to think about how can I center my politic within my friendships? You know, um, it's funny, I, I adopted the whole do not disturb during the pandemic and mm. my phone remains on do not disturb. So it's not like, oh, only like after hours, it remains there. And it has been so good for my peace. Because it really lets my friends know, hey, if you want to reach me, I get that like emergencies. I'm not the reachable friend in that way. Letting people know, like, choose that other friend who you could just call and be like, you know, but I am the intentional friend that if you could say, hey, you know, you got some free time next week. I'm gonna block out two hours. It's going to just be me and you on a Zoom because a lot of my friends are in New York or in other places that are not here in Atlanta the way I am. But they know they're going to get that intentionality from me. But that made me really, it was helpful to limit access because I feel like it's poor spiritual hygiene to have everybody accessible to you. I used to always, I get a text message, I'm responding right away. Right now, if I look at my phone, real time, y'all, I have 67 unread messages and I'm okay with that on my text message. I'll get to them when I get to them. Oh yeah. It makes sense because when you, when you reach a level where you're talking to what maybe... 30, 40 people a day. Mm -hmm. And those conversations build up over time. And then you have new people wanting to work with you, collaborate and invite you on a podcast or, you know, anything, right? Yeah, but <laughs> Same with us when running a business. We, you know, I, I used to 
make calls and do about 80 calls a day to see if, you know, my clients need anything and follow up. And, and it was exhausting and I experienced burnout. Mm -hmm. So I I agree with you. It's very important to uh, get away from your phone. I silence, I don't do not disturb so I can still get calls. Yeah. Because, but if, you know, if if I don't hear those ding, ding, then I'm okay. I know I don't have to look at it. And so, yeah, I think that's smart. I mean, when I first got out here, that phone was in my hand. I mean, I had to have it. Like I had to look at it. I had to respond to the messages and, Mm -hmm. you know, after so much time, it's kind of like you, you know, in a way Mm -hmm. where you have to just cut back a lot. Yeah. Just so you like, can free up more time for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I think about I'm like I'm I'm from the that generation where I didn't have a phone when I left the house to go play outside, or you know I didn't have my first phone till I was seventeen. A lot of people, you know, now the kids get the, the phones at like nine, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm like, oh, I remember what it was like to go hang out with friends, and everybody spoke to me when I got back. Like it wasn't one of those. And I think there's something about just having something like being accessible, like, oh, I'm going to call her whenever. Now, granted, it is different if I'm working on a project or something. I might be like, okay, let me turn my, or I can limit it where like certain people's their call can go through. But once mm-hmm. that project is done, nope. <laughs> like, right. it's like and it's never like, oh, I don't want, it's like, I don't want to talk to people. It's just like, hey, y'all, my mind can be going a lot of different ways. And if you call me, I might be in a different headspace. And then now I, I got to turn it on for you. And I might not be able to give you my best. So for me, I'm like, let's schedule it, which for some people could be like, but I'm like, it's just intentionality. That's all. Right. Okay. I mean, that's the smartest thing that I ever heard anybody say. And we talk all the time about the scroll hole. Mm. The scroll hole is a big one for people who love Instagram and any, anything nowadays, because it's, (laughs) it's uh, designed, you know, to keep you in a loop. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you can wake up three days later, like where where those days go because well, yeah. you're scrolling. Yeah, and yeah. that happens. That happens, and so yeah, I think that like, how do I live my life to the best way that I can that aligns with my politic? You know, like I said, so whether that because to me that's boundaries. Me me saying do not disturb is setting a boundary. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yes, and all and to all the entrepreneurs out there and artists out there in the world creators everywhere all the people that you admire that are at these so-called higher levels than where you are right now guess what they're probably not on their phone that much they don't have time for it somebody else is replying for them (laughs) most of the time yeah because they they have to have time for themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right i highly doubt beyonce is on her phone all day I doubt it. She got better things to do, like run the world. You know what I mean? Okay. Like right. Beyonce, I don't be responding to negative comments. I was, I always say that to people because, mm-hmm. you know, I told you I was in a reality. Oh, I, I think we talked about that. I was in a reality show when I came, when I came to Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we I didn't know if we covered it, but, um, the, you know, I, I was the villain that people made me to be the villain. It wasn't like I came mm-hmm. there like, Ooh, that's my character. I was the villain because I was radical and I spoke on behalf of black trans people and non-binary people and they wasn't having that that's why I was the villain and I think about that sometimes because I think about like the ways of which like showing up in the world as your authentic self like sometimes people gonna like you and sometimes they not gonna like you so there can be comments 
that could just be so degrading, you know? And when I started to realize that that's where it was leaning, I was like, oh no, I told my partner, I was like, look through the comments, only read me the ones that are good. And there would be some moments you like, it was none of that today it was just all like you know like they were just not good but only reading the good and so I'm like oh that's channeling my inner Beyonce because Beyonce don't be sitting here in the comments she don't be tweeting she don't be do any of that right and I think that there's a that's peace preservation gotta preserve your peace mm-hmm. you know okay. and I, think yes. I am not placed on this earth to be a people pleaser it genuinely doesn't bother me if people are like I don't like you I'm like if you don't like me that means you don't like yourself so Mm. thank you yes right yes right yes so so tell us what's in store do you have any collaborations planned or big exciting things you want to talk about yes that's so interesting that you mentioned around collaborations because I just 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 before I hopped on here um got off of a call with a group um, well, they're a duo, but they also separate. They're they're also individual artists as well as well as a duo. Um, Katani is the is the duo, mm-hmm. so it's Cat Poetic and Amani, and we're gonna we're gonna work on two songs. So we're really excited about releasing them. And you know, I've been looking for they're two black queer folks, and I think that like for me, it's just like how do I also align and collab with people who also have similar politics as me. Like we were thinking through some of the like themes and we were all just like liberation. And then we was like, oh, let's do one about sensuality. Cause you know, Janelle Monet got the queers. We're like in our bag. We're like, Janelle Monet, you did this for us. I know everybody was said about Beyonce, but I'm like, Janelle Monet did a thing for the black queers mm-hmm. with that video. Mm-hmm. And giving very age of pleasure. We see you, Janelle. And I think that <laughs> they, it's, I know they definitely inspired me. And so- I'm excited to collab. Um, but honestly, I'm manifesting. I feel like, you know, everybody know you don't share manifesta- manifestations to the public, public. But what I will say is that there's definitely, when I think about people who I would want to work with, right? I'm like, I want for my music to not only just, or my art to not just only be through music too. I definitely want to get into my acting bag because I, I feel like I'm just a natural at that anyway. Um, just personality wise and I just, you know, manifesting working with black queer creators. So black queer directors and writers. I'm like, that's who I want to work with people who, you know, are for the culture in that way, who are for the culture and in the culture. Cause you can be for the culture and not be in it. And so that's really important to me. So I want to get into my acting bag. Um, and like I said, just continue to collab with other black queer and trans artists. That's what's Yes, yes, I can see you having your own show on Netflix yeah. or something like that. Yes, yes, because yeah. I do have my own radio show, and I started that in Atlanta. I know. Let's see your face. You're like, that's a lot. <laughs> that's great practice. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's exciting for me. Yeah. I know it's exciting for both of us. For me personally, it's exciting to see another woman that looks like me that's mm-hmm. out there doing a the damn thing. It's like real exciting because though there are many of us that are, Mm -hmm. there are just as many that aren't. Yes. And for me, when you can get a collective group of women from everywhere around the world to come together and support each other and uplift each other, we run that. Right. We run that. Speaking of that too, do you have anything special planned for Pride? 
Well, Pride, listen, I've been outside all Pride. Like, literally every <laughs> weekend has had a different event. Like, <laughs> I've been in Brooklyn. I've been in upstate New York. I hosted Ooh. an event week out here in Atlanta. I'm performing this weekend in Atlanta. Next weekend, I'll be in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, like, I feel like Pride has been creating um, so yeah, that's definitely been pride, but pride has also been resting as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that like, when I think about what pride is, the root and history of it and thinking about the people who fought to make pride what it is today, the gender expansive people, the, you know, and I think about Marsha P and people who just live their life really boldly, um, and protest, right. Cause I'm like, oh, it's not lost on me that pride is rooted in protest. And so, the way that I've been celebrating is being and basking in community, making space for them to bask in me and also resting, like making very intentional, like, oh, I didn't nap today. Let me nap because our queer and trans ancestors worked really, really hard so that we can also have moments to nap <laughs> and yes. just rest. And so, yeah, it's, it's been in community and also resting. That's how I've been celebrating. Yes. Shout mm-hmm. out to our ancestors. Our ancestors. I was gonna say that too, but I was like, a lot of people be like, "What?" But I'm like, "Yes." I always feel like my ancestors. Yeah, and yes. even launching the radio show. So it's called Jules Gems. Um, so it's specifically on the Hits ninety two point three app, and I love it because it's an online app. Um, so so that means that you know people can obviously download it wherever, and they can listen to it every Sunday at five p.m. Eastern. And they get to hear some real radical queer things. Um, and I have it exclusively on Patreon. So people who, because I feel like, yeah, I mean, y'all might have this conversation too, or this thought around how queer creators can also be supported by community. And I'm like, yes, I can put these episodes on Spotify and things like that. But I'm also like, I know people, my friend of mine was created a Patreon for me. And it was like, hey, upload your exclusive content on there. Um, and she was the first one who signed up. And, you know, it's the link in my bio. If people go to my Instagram, jewel underscore the gym. And I'm calling the community of people who support me the jewelry box. Because I'm jewel. And they'll be able to get exclusive episodes. And I think that for me, it's just like how do queer creators find ways to have people invest in us? Because if we could pay however much for Hulu and Netflix, then mm-hmm. we can subscribe to our friends for as little as $4.99 a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could do it. You could do it. Because yeah. during the pandemic, community was donating funds. White people were donating funds. They, all the reparations was happening. Like people was personally, here you go. Like, you know, they were doing the black stuff. They were putting the black box on Instagram. They were donating money to their black friends. And now it's 2023 and it's crickets. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, I can do a GoFundMe. But also if you if you, if you vibe with me, then like, support me in that way so that's been that's been cute too to just curate a paywall that isn't necessarily a wall to keep people out but to keep people in to be like hey y'all I have this really exclusive content um that's really dope and I think that that also being I started it in pride is fun it's the only queer station um I only interview black queer and trans people um and I have solo souls where it's just me but it's it's fun because it's an opportunity to really be radical in Atlanta you know in that way Ooh. Well, count us in. <laughs> sounds fun, right? Like to just have that. Right. So I I think that's so important because uh not just for for melanated communities and and like you said, LGBT and trans and 
all of that. But, you know, pride to me is so important as well because there's so many people that are fighting to be accepted in different countries where they're not allowed to love who they want to love and they're suffering in agony. And it's really scary that they're they're being um, attacked and harmed and, and all types of stuff. And it's so important that we spread the love and and help each other through that. Agreed. So yeah, that's beautiful, Queen. Yeah, we love it. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. So that's um, lighting up somebody's world out there. If you yeah. didn't know, you better go check out Jewel at the Gym. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And. Well, we're going to have all of your links in the description yeah. of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So we want everybody to follow you and and go check you out. Listen to your music for sure and oh, watch yeah. your videos. Yes. We're going to be there on your radio show. We want to hear it. Yeah. And yes, definitely. We are so impressed with you. And, Thank you. Uh, I you know, we're big fans now. We're supporters yeah, in every way, sure. whatever we can do to support you. thousand percent. Count us on your team. <laughs> Yes, I appreciate that. Community is very important. This isn't, you know, the work cannot happen without the collective. And so I'm really grateful that, you know, that I have y'all support. That means a lot to me, you know, because for me, I'm like, I make music for people who, when they listen to it, they're like, oh, this resonates with me. And so I've been getting such great feedback and so much love and support and I don't know if people know how much that means but to me it means so much like I'll go places and people will be like oh like I know you from xyz or whatever or like I followed your Instagram for the last couple of years and it's so cool to see you and I'm like really so it was su it's super dope like even one of the events that I um I hosted BIPOC Albany Pride and I hosted last year as well so people came up to me and was just like I came back this year because I loved seeing you host and perform last year so for me, having that love is just really important and that support. So I appreciate it. Well, yes. we are so excited because we're going to be out there to see you soon enough, hopefully. Yeah, sure. And uh, who knows what else is in store for mm -hmm. all of us. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. The beginning yeah. of a great friendship. Let's go. <laughs> great community network. Let's go. So we just want to say thank you entirely for your energy, all of your knowledge, everything that you shared here on the podcast. And thank you for using our platform because it really means everything. We love you, Queen. And we will continue to celebrate your life always. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank y'all for having me. I want to have this platform. Yes, yes. Be safe right, out there. Be safe out there. We love you.